If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, a mysterious, all-powerful character, but a crusader for law. What is up, comic book fans, and welcome to the comic bookiest comic book podcast you'll ever do here at the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. We're going to save the comic industry, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to happen right now. We're on a mission from God. That's right. Get our sunglasses and uh, <laughs> and our and our, our policeman's vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie's great. I wonder if anyone under the age of like forty five likes that movie anymore, <laughs> or or gets that reference shit. Uh, what is it? That show? I think you should leave now. Did you see season two? They had a whole Blues Brothers sketch. Nice. I can't even imagine. It's, I mean, the whole thing is just a guy was being really annoying about how much he loved Blues Brothers and how <laughs> great he thought he was. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Did you see recently, what was it, uh, Steve Martin's King Tut sketch, like, tore through the TikTok landscape? Yes, I did. Gen Zers were like, for the what first the time? fuck is this? This is not even remotely humor. And it's like... That's what comedy was back then. <laughs> I mean, like, that's what comedy... It, comedy is subjective. It's funny to people, not me. But I don't find Steve Martin funny most of the time, unless it's, like, you know, subversively funny, or if it's, like, that dry humor from, like, yeah, He's very plays, good at that. You know? Although I do, like... Uh, in i think it's the jerk i don't remember which movie it is where he's Ooh, uh, he wakes up in the morning and he he looked and he, and he finds that his name is in the phone book <laughs> and he's like things are going to start happening to me now and then like the next shot is a dude who finds his name randomly in the phone book and he's gonna murder him <laughs> that's good i always like the ones where you know he's always playing a guy like just on the edge of complete and total mental breakdown he plays <laughs> that very very well like what a what, what, what's the movie uh my daughter's wedding or something father of the bride father of the bride thank you where he's yelling about you know the hot dog to bun ratio <laughs> yes yeah, he's great. I mean, like Steve Martin is—he's—he's he's a treasure, uh, and he's been old our whole life. You ever think yeah, about that? He's been it, old it, forever. It's the haircut. It, it's the hair color. Yeah, you let your hair go white, people will assume you are old. Like uh, that's it. Unless you're the girl with the half white hair from my high school. There was a there was a girl who had like half white hair. It was just a mm. pigment thing. Yeah, uh, and I I remember uh, a dude. I won't name names because I don't want anyone to be embarrassed because she was she was gorgeous and there was a dude who was like a grade. Okay, so like let's say that I'm a junior, she was a sophomore. The dude I'm talking about was a senior, mm. and he would just be like, "Oh my god, there she is, the girl <laughs> with the half white hair." <laughs> he just couldn't handle it, and it's like I go, dude, if you want a girl with the half white hair, I should introduce you to Rogue. <laughs> because rogue especially from the animated series is probably a lot of young men and women's sexual awakenings yeah i it made me think i had a southern girl fetish for a while yeah yeah really yeah and then i dated one and i'm like no it's not the same not the same thing at they're all they're not all like rogue <laughs> they, they ain't like rogue sugar but i will say uh let's talk about the comic industry i i for a second i thought oh man we should get a couple of like comic book pros that i know yeah to pick to, like, their brain on, on the and topic they're all in emerald city i know right like, they're all busy great time for this <laughs> uh so no it's just us you're just gonna get a couple of schmoes who have no idea what's really going on no we're, we're so the, the title's a little hyperbolic as most youtube titles are to gain attention as they have to be but but we i do believe that it could contribute because it's not we're not gonna we're not gonna like 
you know, save education in America. We're not going nah. to solve the AIDS crisis. Like we, we're going to end world hunger. You know, shit that matters. <laughs> exactly. Like we're we're just going to look at uh, part of the systemic and expansive issue that is why Western comics don't sell like they used to, or yes. like manga. Because that's what yes. everybody wants to do. The, the, anytime you talk about sales. It always becomes a freaking manga versus superhero comics debate, which I freaking hate, because like, that's apples and oranges. Yes, they're fruit, but they're different. Right. Well, they're fr it's like, yeah, I wonder why fruit that's indigenous to a location is more consumed mm. than fruit that is imported to a different location. Like, of How course, that? that being said... There are lessons that can be learned. Absolutely. I don't think that they are sweeping lessons. I think people like to, and that's the thing: subtlety and nuance is really important, and it can't be ignored. Yeah, like especially in, in in all conversations, particularly conversations that are meant to solve problems, or at mm. the very least, cut at the root of yeah. the problem. Uh, and so, one can't say the problem with Western comics is, and then answer one thing. Yes, because a it's never problem. one problem. That's that's what a lot of intellectually dishonest people do to be like, oh, well, you see, if we just fix this one thing, then everything else will fix itself. No, well, it's, dominoes it's, will fall. Into yeah, no, it's like, death by a million cuts, man. It's never just one problem. That's how you know someone's lying to you when they get really behind one issue and say, oh, this, this is the thing we really need to fix. It's like, no, there's many, many issues. It's a rich tapestry of bullshit that we need to right. untangle. Like, uh, unless the problem is goose poop in your yard, we got to get rid of the geese. Yeah. Yeah. Every other problem is multifaceted. But one of the things that I have I've always maintained anytime the manga versus Western comics debate comes up is that manga has a distinct advantage of being culturally normalized. Yes. And so as a result, they are not, there is less of a stigma within their own culture yeah. in Japan to enjoy, consume, read manga. And as a result, manga, you're still not a nerd or otaku. They still get their own stigma they too. Still get again. that? Yeah, absolutely. No, if you are, if you are, a, there, there are still nerds. Yeah, that's a Japanese common culture. misconception that Japanese culture is this amazing, you know, glorious utopia that... for nerdy people. No, it's not. No, no, no. You could absolutely be stigmatized for your over enthusiasm for one particular thing or many particular things. Mm -hmm. That being said, in this particular case, what I want to talk about is one step towards saving western comics and when i say saving western comics i'm also i i again every every statement we're making has an asterisk has, a, has an annotation because i don't think that western comics are in dire straits that need to be rescued no they're still right along. now yeah they're they're plugging along they're selling there's like there's outliers there's huge successes mm -hmm. there are duds but the duds aren't like pathetically bad like unless the duds are made from like either indie like yeah. self-publishing or you know a dying publisher yeah dc and marvel both have stuff i'm really enjoying right now yeah and and not just us dc and marvel are enjoying good sales yeah so uh we're not going to talk about like how to save western comics by making them less expensive or by serializing them or by like renumbering them or mm -hmm. getting rid of continuity the the, the focus we're going to have today is on the stigma of right. Western comics in Western culture. Yes. The destigmatization of comics is it will go a long way towards saving and normalizing and fixing, or at the very least helping no doubt. sales in, in Western comics. It's one of my main arguments anytime anybody ever, ever mentions manga versus Western comics, because in 
Eastern, you know, in Eastern cultures, manga is less stigmatized than comic books are yeah. in the West. So that's one problem. How do we solve? Because that's one of those things where it's like, I think that's like a roadblock that could lead to other things, you know, because everybody's always says like, oh, comic books need to get out of comic book stores and into like grocery stores and other things. And it's like, that's they were in grocery stores. And you're not wrong. Like gro- they were in grocery stores. They did sell well. The only issue is, you know, breaking into those, re-breaking into those markets, not upsetting retailers because that's a that's a whole other That's industry. the big issue. Now that you've been gone for so long, how do you get back in? The comics that do sell in grocery stores and drug stores are your Archies and your Sonics, these little things in comic book, the comic digest. book industry. Yeah, the comic book industry is not going to make digest for these people. They're just not. Right. And I also, well... <laughs> Even then, the big two have made like digest-sized versions of their They've comics, tried. yeah, and those work. Like, and those are sold in bookstores, and those are sold in book fairs, and mm-hmm. they sell. Like, the reason why Squirrel Girl sold is because it was a essentially a, a young adult female-driven graphic novel series. Yes, an excellent and, example of they found an audience that was underserved, targeted that audience, and ended up actually, I think, you know, defying a lot of the odds on that one. Oh, absolutely, uh, but. That's that's another that's another topic. I think that if you destigmatize comic books in the culture, because that's that's where it all went wrong. At the end mm. of the day, like it was some crazy asshole, an opportunist who wrote Seduction of the Innocent, mm. who was Worth shaking them. his fist, thumping a Bible, and bitching and moaning about how Batman's gay. Mm. And that I think was the first precursor to making to, to keeping comics from general consumption or at least general consumption past a certain age range right wortham also called superman a nazi which is hilarious coming from a german (laughs) doctor about a creation by two jewish guys exactly exactly Uh, you know it's it's funny i was thinking about how really the nazi analog is captain america Mm. and i love the idea of um a blonde aryan super soldier (laughs) a blonde aryan infallible super soldier that is literally used to fight the nazis like mm-hmm. i think that's actually kind of brilliant to create a character like that who's like let me just take your idea of what a superhero and is flip and then, it on its head and then make him punch you in the jaw like yeah <laughs> all the time forever through all of history exactly um but yeah so like the destigmatization of comics is the most important i think is roadblock towards get because here's the thing if you make comics less problematic Mm. for people if you make it so that you don't hear someone scoff at the idea of reading a comic book or make fun of somebody for making for reading a comic book by and large then you can allow for comics to like immediately re-enter different markets like grocery stores and 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 drug stores and like big 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 box markets like wouldn't it be great if you could buy like you know the first six issues of whatever like the 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 she-hulk run yeah uh, at at costco you know it's like you know that'd be i mean you can get everything else at costco why shouldn't you right uh but uh but yeah so let's talk about how to destigmatize comics that's that's like you can you can lower prices you could cut corners on printing you You can do actual advertising for books you could have like decent marketing or people who give a crap about the publisher slash characters and IP and audience that work at the big two who are actually good at marketing those things. Cause oftentimes but- it feels like they are literally just preaching to the choir and you feel like, oh, like, again, I'm sure you get comments on your things where it's like, Oh, this came out. Yeah, it did. 
Yeah. yeah you, oh. you didn't know that you're not following the right channels. You're not reading the solicitations. No, because I'm a normal person with a life. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. I guess it's not your job. It's my job. Exactly. I can't, I can't argue with that. But that's, yeah, absolutely. We get that. We get that comment all the time. I mean, like people, most people find out about new books coming out from our show. Yeah. Off the rack because every week we like remind you the books are out and we tell you what's coming out that week. Mm-hmm. Why is that so hard to find? Sometimes it's hard for us to find. Yeah. And it's my, and I, I don't really even consider it my job to it, tell people. I've just it, taken it, it upon it, myself it, to do it. If not for like two websites, I probably wouldn't know either. If they went away tomorrow, I wouldn't know what was coming out week to week. No, absolutely. No, it's true. It, it, and sometimes they're wrong. And that's the problem. Like these. That's true. Marvel and DC and Image should know what the hell's coming out every week. And they yeah. should be able to have like a list or, 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 or some kind too. of mailing list they email to their customers, their client base, their 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 solicitors, the, the, the retailers, and tell them what's coming out and tell your people what's coming out. Now, some so retailers easy. do that. Yeah. Now, it, And that's the thing is that some of these issues are easy if only less obtuse people were at the helm. So that's why we're addressing the stigma. I should also mention that this show is sponsored by viewers like you. If you're watching the show live, you can help us out by using Super Chats to ask a question or comment and contribute to today's episode. Also, if you don't have any money and don't want to do that, no big deal. Just like the video and subscribe to the channel. Click the bell for notifications so you know when we're going live and you know when a new video comes out on this channel. Uh, also, if you want to help us out more directly, go to patreon.com slash pop and help us out there. Uh, so uh, let's let's actually hear from the audience before we go into it because now we're finally getting into the destigmatization. Uh, Cat Lawyer will defend for treats. You're brave. Most days, it's like it wants to die. <laughs> I mean, like, really, you know, sometimes the comic book industry is seemingly working against itself. Mm. And it, it is but for the, like, grace of the audience that loves it and a few noble souls within the industry itself that are keeping it afloat. A few atlases that are just holding it on their <laughs> shoulders. Uh, Dr. J here, the news. Wildstorm is surprisingly cross-gen is coming back. I was a huge fan of the stories from the cross-gen imprint. I did see that cross-gen yeah. was coming back, uh, and I couldn't believe it. I know that Matthew Rosenberg has been wanting to, to bring back uh, Wildcats forever, and sure I'm, I'm happy to see he is. I hope he gets more than six issues, Indeed. but uh, I'm not holding my breath. Uh, young Goku over 9,000 as a programmer it's never one issue. You fix one error you only find out you have seven more that are definitely going to lead to some other uh, some more before it's all fixed by the way, Zadarsky the night issue 8 Fuego. Nice yeah. to know. I need to I, just I go back too. and read it all. I have no I'm not reading the night anymore and it's, it's not because it's I don't excellent. love it. I know. I, I read the first two issues and I'm like this is such a good book and then I just, I, I fell off and it's so easy to do that, which is why it's like really important. It's, to... it's so good that they like re-release the first like three issues as like a big director's As cut, one right? book! Yeah, as one freaking book. That's not a bad idea. It's an idea I would not have thought of and I wonder if it works. Uh, Silvery Cricket, uh, Scholastic Style, Let's Get Kids Reading, Comic Catalogs Campaign. Give a kid a little newsprint flyer, book with a bunch of DC or Marvel trades for four bucks a pop, make a bit of cash, and hook them while they're young. Uh, warms my heart. <laughs> yes, As a like kid who loved like a... book fairs, warms my heart. Yeah. <laughs> like the tobacco industry. Yeah, a little uh, much there. This taste is free. How close to free. <laughs> yeah. Ray Farr, I haven't bought single issues in so long, and I pretty much only have my dollar bin 70s comics left. How are the ads in singles lately? They're not great. Like, no. But, uh, you know, they're, they're like they always were, I think. I haven't really noticed. I, I read a lot of my books digitally, and they're Same. not in there. So, uh, but, I have no, but when I do see them, especially in like a Marvel book, they're very obtrusive. Like they're, I'm like, ah. Like, you, you, usually the ads I see is for other stuff that they're doing. You know, mm. ads within the book. So like, hey, if you love this, you should also pick up. True, true. 
Uh, he also mentions Marvel needs to make their books available. So many times I've tried to get a book and find out it's out of print and the book is worth four times more. That See, that's another issue that like, that's a Marvel issue. It's a Ooh. very distinctly Marvel problem. And it's a problem that could be solved immediately, but it's it, it's it's not going to go away until one or two people at the top do. And yeah. that's legitimately it. Like they just, they don't want inventory. They don't want to have warehouses full of unsold merchandise. And I think it's because the same people at the top were at the top during the bankruptcy era. Mm. And they're like, they're really gun shy about saving money, wasting money, having excess. And it's comic and PTSD. <laughs> it is comic PTSD. It absolutely is. Uh, the Captain Coon small piece for sales numbers is to start courting digital sales or mm. counting digital sales. Other things that could be done is to actual graphic novels for various characters for both the well-known characters and the unknown. Characters. See, I assume they did start counting digital when both companies broke away from diamond. I assumed that that was a weird draconic diamond nope. issue where they're like, no, nope. only things you buy from us count. Right. They don't, it's not, but here's the saddest part. And it's, it, 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 it goes towards my issue. It's why we're talking about this stigma because digital comics sell like garbage from what I, from what you've told me, which is so surprising. Cause I always assumed it was the other way. You would assume, well, I mean, look, look at how the retailers reacted when comiXology came on the scene mm -hmm. and how they were like, well, that's the end of us. Like, literally, yeah. that's the end of us. And in fact, it, it, it has been so long since this rule was in place. You might experience this as a history lesson. But when Comixology launched through Marvel and DC and Image and Boom and everybody, thanks to the retailers freaking out, they created a campaign in which retailers work out a deal with comiXology to create mm. their own storefront i remember comiXology so it's like if your retailer had a customer who was predisposed to buying digital right they could go to your retailer's website click the comiXology link and it would give the the retailer a percentage of sales mm, I remember. also this. they couldn't lower their prices on books because retailers complained Yes, also, this was a huge deal, yes. Retailers had a big problem with day and date releases. They were like, mm -hmm. couldn't you delay them a little bit? Like, they were so sure that it was going to destroy everything. And maybe it would have if they were allowed to actually do what they clearly were going to do. To do it right. <laughs> yeah, but it was enough to, I think, choke out the digital comics landscape to the point where it's inconsequential. Hmm. Uh, Maybe that's me with my own little blinders on there because, you know, I don't have a local store in my area. Stores are harder to come A lot by. of people don't. A lot of people don't have comic book stores in their area because they live, like, not on the East Coast or the West Coast of the United States. And again, because I buy so many comics for work and everything there, I assume it's like, well, everyone does this because this is easy. Well, who can possibly store a thousand comic books? No one. Harishi Venkatesh forcibly destroy 98% of all comic news websites. Mm. Oh. See that—that that is a whole other conversation. That's an interesting uh, conversation, one I hadn't really considered. But yeah, um, so the destigmatization of comic books—I'm telling you, man—from the inception, from the beginning of mainstream comic books, someone has been trying to keep their boot on the neck of the comic book industry, and has—and did a fantastic job of making comic books for little kids or yes. for creeps who like little kids. Like I'll I remember that. I've told this story before, but the idea of when I talked about comic books in a college in a, a post-grad class, one person speaking up and saying that if, a, if, a, if an adult reads comic books, they're a pedophile. Just <laughs> saying Jesus that, Christ. like that was a thing to say, and no one in the room going, 
like no one in the room laughing at her or going the fuck <laughs> or going like how could you say that what a fucked up thing to say no the audience the the the, the 30 people in the room were like yeah i can get behind that <laughs> i'm like Jesus. oh shit we have a lot we have a we have a long way to go no doubt and even like stan lee in like documentaries would say the same thing you know he didn't want to tell people he was a comic writer because yes. there was stigma attached to that and you know uh, i write children's books yeah i write children's books and you know he said you know when he broke in the industry they're like don't use a lot of big words don't tell a lot of multi-part stories because you're writing for little children or adults who aren't that smart and that's stan lee who was told that breaking into the industry right also of course stan lee changed his name so that his name his true writer name wouldn't be affiliated with that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so even the creators themselves find themselves stigmatized stigmatized or 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 fearing the stigma Mm. of comics so how do we how do we solve it we we can address all these different nooks and crannies of how comics are not accepted widely in western civilization but more importantly what can we do so you you had a list of uh of of items you wanted to get through and i think that's important to start uh yes this is stuff that i had sourced from elsewhere and some of it we had already talked about you know the stigma the first one that comics are for children obviously we know that's not the case if anything i would say the industry has the opposite problem where i don't think they have enough to offer children now and i think that's a huge you know readership fan base with disposable income that the industry has just forgotten i know uh our, our mutual friend there, Aaron, Professor Thorgy, when he worked at a comic book store, he had actually said, you know, they would always sell out of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur right. because every little kid wanted to read that because it was the only comic on the shelf that was directed to them specifically. True. I mean, Robin was invented to be a ride along character for the audience or the yeah. perceived audience being children. Uh, the other thing that I think is interesting regarding um destigmatizing comics and getting comics in the hands of the younger readers because that's the most important thing i think is getting comics in the hands of new young readers yes to replace us old fogies when we die or move on right and and by the way like they do like the the fact is the comic book industry is recycled It, it does continually get new readers despite itself in spite of itself yeah right but i think that a new attitude needs to be met by retailers that they are not just a pusher or a retailer they are an arbiter of education and mm. literature and reading and literacy yes and to get comics in the hands of as many young people as possible i we i went on a, a whole tear about this in our show back issues on youtube.com slash comic pop but i talked about how the best way to get someone into the comic book industry into getting into reading comic books Whenever you he- see someone who even is interested in dipping their toe in the water, right? There's always a list. Like, oh, I want to read. I want to start reading Batman. Where mm. do I start? And you could throw a rock and hit a thousand YouTube channels or blog posts that give you a list, and it's the same fucking five books: Year Every One, time. Dark Knight Returns, Long Halloween, Dark Victory. You know, and, and then a couple of esoteric ones: Nightfall, The Cult, that kind mm. of thing. And when I say esoteric, I mean like I would not give Nightfall to someone who was interested in just starting to read Batman. Yeah, I wouldn't give that to a first-timer either. Right, but when you think back to what got you into comic books, it was not reading the classics. It was not reading... No, it was some random-ass issue I found on a spinner rack one day. reading a random issue. 
And that's why it's so important for dollar bins to exist and cheaper than dollar bins to exist yeah. because children don't have disposable income or if they do, they're spending it on in-app purchases and yep. other like food, Fortnite and, skins, <laughs> Fortnite skins. Like they're paying if they, but, but they don't have like scratch. That's all digital no. money. Yeah. But if they have actual scratch, they're paying it for, they're, they're using it for food or, or, you know, cards, you know, games. Yeah. But if you can get them, fantastic four number 468 you know just some random issue that's like part three of a six-part story which is how we all entered it somehow in the middle part of some story exactly like or you give them a stack of worthless books from the 70s to the to the 2000s that are 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 a smattering of randomness so they find something you like they'll find something they like and they'll connect with it. And hopefully more importantly, because that's all they have, they'll read it. They'll reread it. They'll re-reread it. They'll use their critical thinking skills to fill in the blanks of what happened before or after it. Mm-hmm, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll then because of their natural innate curiosity, want to know what happens and then want that closure. So they'll go to the comic book store and they'll look for that. And while they're looking for that, if every comic book store is doing their job, they will make more cheap or free books available to them. So they'll collect those too. So they'll keep the cycle going. And exactly. as they go, now you're a collector. Now you're finishing the sets. Exactly. And you're maybe you're only collecting it for the stories. Maybe you're only building up like just just your knowledge of what happened in this story but it is it's entertainment and it's also it's it's gamifying your experience mm-hmm. because it's it's giving you a quest and it's taking you on an adventure but retailers need to really refocus on this because i'll tell you i've been i i we have six or seven comic book stores within my comic within my house's radius and mm-hmm. i go to all of them and or at least all but one of them and most of them you know it's a guy yep hey. everyone Oh, can I help you find anything? What does yeah. that mean? Can I help you find anything? Uh, well, I'm new and I have no idea what's happening. So, yep. yeah, Every I time. guess so. I want, and then the worst of it is when you when you have someone who is wide uh, eyed, bright eyed, and bushy tailed and wants to get in, and they go like, I- "I'm really interested." Like, okay, so I like this. What else would I like? And they're like, "I don't know." Like, I don't know. You're fucking things up for us, man. Like, so you're an arbiter of dreams and magic. Neil Gaiman would be so upset at you. <laughs> exactly. But like, part of the problem is that the 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 people, the the stewards of this stuff, like you, benefited from the gutting of of ubiquitous availability of comic books, so that you could have it all. And if you're sleep asleep at the wheel, then you deserve to die. And when I say die, I mean like your industry and your 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 livelihood. Because it's, like, it, it's so funny. You know, we're talking about the failing of comic book stores and brick and mortars, which is always kind of a controversial topic because it's like, oh well, you know, that's a that's a sacred cow. You can't slaughter them. We need sure. to be supporting them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it's so funny that this has been a problem for so long that freaking Alan Dorkin in like <laughs> has been making fun of this shit since the early '90s, saying that comic book owners are like surly and that comic book shops are these secret, weird, hidden away places, and the neighborhoods get worse and worse every time that a new one opens up in them because oh, yeah. again comics is stigmatized and it's this friggin' ouroboros snake that eats its own tail and it's like well no wonder no one wants to get into this the stores suck the owners are surly everything is hard to do why why on earth would i ever want to come in here unless i was already part of like you know this culture already and that's to say nothing if you're a woman or a person of color which is a whole extra level on top of that absolutely and i've, I've heard too many horror stories from the from the horse's mouth mm-hmm. to say that it isn't a thing Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I mean, I have difficult. I have had difficult times 
in my life at comic book stores as a white guy, Mm -hmm. you know, as a kid and as an adult. It's just the nature of the beast. I'm not saying comic book stores need to die. I'm saying that comic book stores need to step it up. Yeah, they really And not all of them. Because I think there are Some a lot of them, them that are doing a great job. Some of them are. They have passionate people behind the counter, and they have passionate people like working there and getting them available. But like, th- there's one store. It's a great shop. They've got a lot of really fun uh, merch. They have a terrific uh, curbside appeal, and they have lots of foot traffic. And they have, call it a dozen long boxes full of worthless comic books. <laughs> and when I say that, I don't mean that they don't have value or intrinsic, like you know, because all art has value. Exactly. But they are worthless. Like they're they're beat to shit, and they're dog eared. They're two dollars, and I'm like two dollars. These should be fifty cents. Yeah. And the reason they should be fifty cents is because they need to be priced to move. Mm-hmm. Now that's a whole other story. We're talking about the the retailers too much. I, we're talking about how to save comic book retailers. Like run your store better, uh, make it brighter, cleaner, and smell better, and yeah. be nice to everybody, and 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 get comics in the hands of children swear i one of the things that i was like really excited about was when diamond pushed their whole like halloween effort yes and i worked with diamond directly for a long time for like three years so that i would get halloween comics and make sure these children got them yes every time they came to my door i was like you got like the the most important thing is getting them in their hands because they're you know they're 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 not doing anything They're, they're they're hostages these yeah. children, they're you know they're they're at the they're at the whims of their parents. We're <laughs> taking them all kinds of places. Here's a comic book. Read it, love it, connect with it, and then mm-hmm. come back and buy more when you have a disposable income. Anyway, destigmatization. Uh, the thing is, I remember um, hearing about how Vertigo was invented. Yes, and part of the impetus behind the development of Vertigo was, in a sense, to destigmatize comic books. Mm-hmm. It was an effort to more literaturize. They're not low books. art. They're high art. Exactly. Give them. And that was where it was like Karen Berger and like, uh, you know, Shelley Bond and folk like that, like going out into the world and gathering up these British writers, writers mm-hmm. and giving them opportunities to tell their stories in their, uh, you know, wheelhouse yeah. and give and, and, and get like a machine like, the Warner Brothers sponsored DC comic book label mm-hmm. behind them. Um, and I remember, what was it? Uh, Salmon number 19, uh, the, the Midsummer Night's Dream story, right? Uh, yes. which was nominated for a World Fantasy Award, won it, and the next day, they removed comics as a category, uh, or yeah, as I a know. contender. Comic books could not ever compete for I them. Know. They is won, that some and they're like, bullshit? get that shit out of here. That is some horse shit right there. That is some stigma. And it's like, I I tell this story almost every time we do this show, where it's like Batman Damned. It's almost the same fucking thing. Yeah. Where it's like, here is a book that is done by a, it's high art. And when I say that, you know, it's like Batman's dicks in it, Harley Quinn's like fucking people. And there's Jesus allegories and, you know, Mm. whatever. It's like, grow up. Um, But the book whether I liked it or not, I remember when I first when I read the first issue, I'm like, fuck this book. I'm pretty sure I still don't like it. I liked uh, Tiff's episode on it more yeah. than I liked reading it. Exactly. I like it as a piece of art more than I like it. It's like Marge uh, Simpson and Michelangelo's David and such. Hmm. You know, it's like, you know, I, I like it or, or I like that it exists and I'm glad it exists, but hmm. I don't necessarily want to partake. But 
I will defend to the death Batman Damned as a piece of art and as a a, a genre bending, boundary pushing mm. effort, genuine effort from the big two. Yeah. To 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 remove that stigma and what it what happened? They audience, fell on their like, fucking penis. face. The the audience played the penis game. <laughs> Just in the comments of every video, in the in every in the halls of every comic book store, penis. Per- that perha- rang. Per- perhaps proving that our own industry is not nearly as mature as we like to think we are. Right. How many times did you hear people after the Sandman show came out go, "I've never read Sandman." Oh, so many. I would never read Sandman, but yes. I'll watch this show. So many. Like, it, and, and I'm not saying like that you need to eat your vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to comics. because Sandman is not vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I mean like no it's it's as close to vegetables as we're going to get you know <laughs> but uh but like we, we we it part of part of destigmatization is it it has to come from within as well the audience has to, has to push a little harder and that's always been a real problem with the comic industry too policing ourselves and policing our own well that's what that's what gave birth to the comics code authority yeah was us going like we can police ourselves, and then the Comics Code Authority was what made up of a bunch of teachers and mommies, yeah, who were like who were pouring over these comic books and going like, oh, this is okay, this is not okay. Vampires and, are bad, right? Vampires are bad, but like skin tight outfits that accentuate every like corner of a of, a, of an exaggerated female's body is well, that's good. Fine. <laughs> that's fine. Like what? What? Horrible, and, deplorable violence is okay so long as you don't say any naughty words. <laughs> exactly. But like. You could tell that the World Fantasy Award in 1991 mm-hmm. was the result of the stigma. We yeah. need to start. So uh, I think that one big push to destigmatize comics is 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 getting back to that. Is yeah. pushing pushing harder for like literaturization of comics. I'm not saying that all Spider Man, you know, Amazing Spider Man doesn't need to be high art. He doesn't need to be reading fucking sonnets. Right, exactly. Spider-Man doesn't need to be giving soliloquies while he's while, while he's web-slinging, although he usually does. Uh, anyway, uh, right? <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it, it's... We need to have a, 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 an emphasis on giving... On, on, on making room for, like, that, for higher art, or for, yeah. for an attempt at higher art, and 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 giving space for it. Like, we know that the audience, by and large, I, just, just from just from the the proliferation of independent comic books, and how it's mm-hmm. like a a, a a a writer who will write a Batman will sell 150, like 200,000 copies of a Batman mm. comic. Will then go over here and tell a very personal story about loss or mm. fear or love or sex or whatever, mm. something highbrow or high art or at the very least personal and true and honest and yeah. raw and independent. And it will get a quarter, a tenth of the readership. Hello, Gene Lu and Yang. Right. Everybody. All just, of them. Just to name a few, but that's the one that joked to him. I'm like, oh, Gene Lu and Yang does that a lot, actually. Gene Lu and Yang, even James Tynan the Fourth. Like, the difference yeah. is some of these things can be marketable, and we happen to live some in Some of them become old... Netflix shows. We happen to live in a, in a temporary time where there are a billion streaming services, and they all need content. It's a fucking so, arms race. Like, even... Ghostbusters meets backdraft IDW Scott Snyder books get optioned. Yep. So, but we won't live there forever. No, and the bubble under- will burst. And and understanding that that reality that independent comics and 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 books that are trying to say something 
are not going to sell like Batman mm. or Spider-Man or the Avengers or the Justice League or whatever. And, and like, in fairness, that's true in media too. Like the next yeah. big blockbuster probably won't do as well as the next A24 art house film. I got to tell you something, man. Sometimes those A24 movies ain't so good. <laughs> like sometimes they're not as good as the brand suggests, mm. but the brand did a good job marketing itself. Yeah. So when you see that logo, you're like, oh, I'm seeing some highbrow shit. And then it's like, it's the fucking Invisible Man or something. And it's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I did like that Invisible Man, though. One. That was it's pretty good. It's good, but it's not like, but it, come on. Like, we're not talking Shakespeare here. All right. Like, we're, it's, it's a movie. It's it, it's an elevated version of like a freaking, you know, grindhouse idea. You know, what exactly. if Invisible Man, but science fiction? And honestly, that's all you need sometimes. Oh, I agree. But like, but all it takes sometimes is marketing and making room. In the comic book industry, when it comes to these independent books that aren't going to sell, and understanding that means we have to make allowances for them because they need to exist anyway. Like, mm. just to get fresh blood in, just to get, uh, and, and also to help to destigmatize comics overall. Yes, to be to like, make, hey, it's not just guys in spandex punching each other. We need to make room. Like, we need to make room for them. We need to make allowances for them. They need to be either subsidized or given discounts something like that where it's like independent books or higher or books that are attempting to push the genre and, mm -hmm. and and elevate it in some way need to be given the space to do it i like that like it, 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 it because the comic book industry is small enough and insulated enough to be able to like intimately meet and talk and conference and caucus and and, and figure something out they should because that's one way to destigmatize comics is to say because every time you you hear someone say comics are for kids. You someone comes out of the woodwork and goes like, "Oh yeah," and then mm. lists all these books. And it just so happens that all the books they list came out in nineteen ninety fucking three. Yeah, that's that's you never know, great. Occasionally, get like a nice house on the lake. Oh yeah, you know. Well, like th there are books. I mean, saga. But even then, like if you give it to a person who's a doubter, who is who believes in or or, or reinforces the stigma and opens like the first two pages to saga, they're gonna think like, "Oh, so it's it's weird fetish pornography." I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, or even back in the day, I remember being like living back in the day and people being like, like fighting back against the stigma and going like, well, what about Preacher? And it's like, yeah, beneath the surface, Preacher is an incredible story that is like about what America can be, what it really is, showing mm. the ugly side of, of American civilization, love. It, it, it's also like a Wizard of Ozian fantasy story. Yeah. Like, and also, someone fucks an armadillo. And a man with a butt for a face. And a, and a man has a butt for a face. And a, a man for a dick for a head. And like, yeah. You know, it, and I, I still say Preacher is a thousand times deeper and more like valuable than the than the boys. No. But the boys show has is wildly popular. Is wildly pop and better. <laughs> Much better it, it, because it completely changed genres is what it did. It's a completely different vibe, completely different thing. It's yeah. kind of amazing how they were able to remix and remaster the boys concept into something people really cared a lot about. You know what else it is? It's also intent. Yeah. The boys took the template, the show, took the template of the comic book and then told their own story with it, said their own, made their own message. Yes. Or maybe even found a hidden message. Ennis was like, I just want to make fun of superheroes because I think they're fucking dumb. And I'm also kind of railing against the Bush Cheney era of American politics, which I feel Absolutely. people really miss because that's not in the show because they can't really do that in the show. It's like, well, because well, we're, we're not there old. anymore. Like, yeah. what am I going to do about that? Like, what, like, oh, wow, you're really cutting edge, making but, fun of Bush. 
Yeah, l- no. like, like people like people forget Vaught in the comic is Halliburton is what right. it's supposed to be. They changed it to make it Disney. Yeah, it's basically yeah, it's like Animal Farm. Uh, so we got more uh, examples, but I want to move away from independent comics. Let's see what I have another point you want to make about that. Uh, yeah, just one last one. You, you talked about destigmatizing it by, you know, going after, you know, that acclaim. You know, let's try and get back in awards writings. I am instantly yeah. reminded of what happened with Netflix because when Netflix came out, they suffered a lot of stigma too. A lot of the more hoity-toity film aficionados were like, oh, that's not real movies because you don't go into yeah. a theater. You it's didn't go streaming. someplace that has sticky floors. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't count. And you know what they did? The president just spent a shit ton of money is what he did to get them recognized and get them in places. And he's like, "Okay, you're not going to let me in. I'm going to kick down every door there is in Hollywood. And not everyone does that. And he spent a lot of money out of his own pocket. That could have been a disaster. But eventually Netflix did get recognized. And now it's completely destigmatized. Oh, yeah. It's like, how how could you not include a new Netflix original on your award? How could you not put it in here? It's as ubiquitous as the rest of television and the rest of movies. But again, it took work and it took money is the yeah. thing. And does the comic industry have the money to spend to get that? I think they do. And I, but I don't think it's as much. And I think that the issue is they don't know how to spend it properly. No, here's a comic book example of that exact thing. And it's just, I, cause I was there when it happened. And it's one of those things where I'm like, Oh man, I was there. Uh, the Harvey awards. Now the mm. Eisner awards are a very different animal from the Harvey awards, but the Harvey awards were the golden globes to the to the Eisner's yeah. uh, Oscars. Excellent and way to look at it. When Dinesh and company were in charge of yes. Valiant, there were a bunch of new Valiant books that came out and Dinesh understood mm. that in order to get legitimization, you have to get some of them awards. Good, good so, mind on that guy, Dinesh, huh? So he stuffed those ballots with Valiant books. And I remember every single one of those Valiant books was up for an award. I remember every single award had a Valiant book on it. Because that's I, how you got to do it. You got to get it in front of people's eyes. You got to have it, you know, be close to success. You know, that's, that's how right. you do it. Well, it just, just, just association yeah. is enough. Yeah. But they lost every single award. And here's another thing. I was at that award. I was at that ceremony because we were up for a Harvey Ooh. as a channel. We were not unlike Neil Gaiman, except that we are nothing like Neil Gaiman. And have no, <laughs> no, no, no correlation whatsoever, except that we were both up for an award. <laughs> we, uh, and it was, it was, uh, it was through kind of like, it, it was a technicality. I was like, maybe we qualify for this particular category. We applied, we we submitted enough of our like uh, peers helped us out. We got on the ballot. I did my part. <laughs> yeah, you did. But uh, it it was devastating the reaction when our name was called under the the list of contenders for our category. Now we were up against like the fourth printing of the Ninja Turtles anniversary book or something. It was like, you know, who cares is what I'm, is my point. Like we're not changing the, the, the game here, but everyone got applause except for us. Oh, I'm sorry. Like pity applause, nothing crickets, just a big long gap of no sound for the length of time that would be applause for us. I'm sure that felt like a million years. It was, it was, honestly, I thought it was amazing because, because every second that they had to look at our logo (laughs) and just cross their arms and (laughs) shake their heads, they had to acknowledge their beards. Yes. But they, but like, I knew when that silence hit that there was, there was never a chance 
we were going to get that award. Mm. And Dinesh didn't win any awards either. Valiant got no awards. They took the, like, they were like, oh, we'll nominate it. You know, but none of them were ever going to get it. And you could tell from the tone, from the, from the, from the scuttlebutt and the discussions within that, within that room. And when you saw the people who judged, those minds were made up months ago. Which is true of every award show. <laughs> Absolutely. Those minds were made up months ago. They took their jobs as the arbiters of their own. As like to the point where they were like, we'll decide who deserves. <laughs> well, why do you the, think the same stuff wins every year? Exactly. Well, sometimes it's the same kind of stuff. Like, yeah. oh, look, another book I've never heard of that nobody read that we picked because we know it would piss off the people who wanted that book to win. Yeah. Or it'll send a message. Like, I, I won't even get into the Eisners because when I saw it, I was like, what a fucking farce. But the, that Harvey Awards thing, I was like, it was a, it was a, it was a college education when it came to seeing how far we have to go to get legitimacy mm-hmm, in the comic mm-hmm. book industry and to like even within its within itself, they were like, no, <laughs> this is this is art, this is not, and it's like, there's we got to loosen things up. I'm not saying YouTubers have to get awards from the Harveys <laughs> because number one, New York Comic Con bought them, gutted <laughs> them, and now there's like fucking three categories out of like a hundred. It's te- it's it's nothing. That award so that sh- that that award is over. It's gone. But uh, I, I'm not saying that there's justice for me. I don't care. We 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 took our shot. We didn't get it. I don't care. We will always have been nominated. Lol. Mm-hmm. But they need to be like they need to be more, like less maybe less discerning or maybe just more understanding about like what this means. Yeah. And what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, but more importantly the lesson here is that like there is some association like there is some like legitimacy through association so yeah. it's like get get more get closer to awards maybe we need to start pushing more of these books for non-comic book awards yeah wouldn't that be nice i mean like watchmen they always say you know the feather in watchmen's hat was on the new york times bestseller list it's on right. every dust jacket everyone and knows comics comics had been on the new york times bestseller list for a while and i remember new york, new york times removed comics for a, yeah. for a spell i think they put it back but i i, I don't recall I if that's did. true i remember but i do remember recently within a few years the new york times taking comic books off the list yeah because see because if i was in the comic industry i would fight to get that back because that's a good feather in your cap that is exactly. legitimacy exactly but like the hugo awards the world fantasy award like a- a- any award that could include comic books should yeah. And get that on the cover and sell it and talk about it. Give like comic books need press tours. They need, yeah. they need to be treated because part of the reason why we like, I mean, like within the comic book world, all these creators are like, God, if only I could get an Oscar, if only I could have my Ooh. comic book creation be a TV show or a movie, then it would be real. And it's like, we need to ruin that. We need to, we need to destroy that perception because Comic books are just as valid, just as real, just as legitimate as movies and TV. The only reason why they're not is because you're afraid to read them on the fucking subway. Mm. Because people look at you and they're like, oh, what is he, a pedophile? Like, <laughs> they, they really are, like, afraid of what, like, you're going to be, of how you're going to be perceived. Uh, we is, have more Is ideas. he one of those bad nerds on the internet that I hear about? Right. Uh, but let's get into a couple of super chats while we, sure. while we move on to the next topic. Uh, Cat lawyer will defend retreats. I do wish they would tap into their international demand, especially mm. digital. I grew up in India and both Marvel and DC published via third party. And we got 
Spider-Man India out of it. They stopped around 2010. I Again, know. What a I huge know market that is being ignored. That is so rich. Every other company worth their salt is pushing into Asia and is pushing into all these other places, right? except for comics. Why? Well, Marvel did like the, even not even, not considering the Marvel mongaverse. I'm talking about like the, you know, when, uh, when Marvel made those anime movies and shows. Yes, yes, I remember. Like they, they've tried, but I don't think they understood the markets they were going into. Like, they, you know, the, the Spider-Man Japanese show from the 70s. Yeah. That was one of those things where they were like, you can have the IP, you can't change the costume, but you can do anything else. Anything you want with like, it, yeah. make it for your audience. And I think that helped, you know? And we got Power Rangers out of it. Exactly. Uh, Blue Baba says, I see a lot of people say they want to get into comics, but have no idea how where and to find a, them. And that's a big problem, too, because a lot of stores are hidden. It's this weird secret society thing. They don't advertise. It's it's like friggin' Field of Dreams. Oh, if we build a comic store, they'll come. Oh, yeah, right. Sure. That's why, like, every year, at least one or two closes. But, like, the reality is co- people need to be aware of what's out and where to get them that's it and it's hard to tell them when it's still a niche thing and when there's still stigmas attached to it yeah absolutely Uh, alex luigi uh fernandez uh create an all ages evergreen uh, create all ages evergreen trades every month Mm. that's an idea again it's an expense it's a very high expense too because you're printing basically a new book and you're not guaranteeing and dc is trying to break into some stuff now they have like younger age constantine and younger age wonder woman and younger age harley they are attempting to break into the more scholastic all ages things when i look at that that's what i see i'm like ah this is a scholastic book well remember the marvel adventures line yes like that was a really a great idea. And I remember it ran for a while and I'm it like, did. why did it stop? Was it because of sales? And if it is, were you selling in the right markets? Mm. Uh, I don't summer know, man. cricket. Uh, have an intern just make TikTok clip uh. Uh, clickbait. The vulture just destroyed Spider-Man's web shooters and thrown him <laughs> 10,000 feet in the air. Find out how he survives an amazing Spider-Man number nine on sale now. It's not bad, I mean, actually. <laughs> that, I mean, like uh, the problem also is that they are trying to get like the comic book industry, the comic book publishers, they don't want to spend any money. No. They don't understand. I mean, like a TikTok video where an intern that has like a good voice and yeah. a fun backdrop costs nothing sure at either does. of those publishers. I was just looking at um, an old interview with Jason Inman and Scott Snyder for DC All Access. And I'm mm. like, holy shit. Remember when DC gave a fuck? When they tried, when they really, they even tried reaching out to YouTubers like us because they're like, no, the future's online, man. We got to, you know, touch base with these tastemakers. You know, we got to make it a thing. Right. But even then, like they had an internal, like they had their own studio. I mean, like not even, not the, not the, not the, the money pit that was DC universe and all their exclusive shows Mm. and all the the watch along crap. I'm talking about just like their YouTube channel. Like it was a, they, they had a million subscribers. They had a, they, they, and we're talking like 10 to 20 to 60 to a hundred thousand views per episode, depending yeah. on what clip it was. And it's like, and it was just, just dedicated personalities talking about the books and talking to the creators and like, and now and maybe that has to do with more with the time, but like that is, that, that's another olive branch that is extended that helps to legitimize comics and that it gets it out there. Like yeah. sometimes destigmatization is just making it, it is like you can't escape is inescapability yeah like it's just yeah, it's yeah. everywhere it's everywhere um supreme omega give creators better royalties when their stuff mm. gets adapted in actual health plans it struck me as odd most creators don't have health insurance that's just a problem within the comic book industry i agree with you and i think they should but like that ain't that ain't that ain't what's hard what's hurting the comic book industry i mean it's uh, certainly shitty for them yeah it hurts them 
Uh, Crimson Knight 700, the biggest stigma is the graphic novel term. It gets non-comic readers to read certain books, but ends up alienating them to reading comics as a whole. Mm. Keep up the great work, sound, Joel. Thanks a lot, Crimson Knight. Interesting. I don't know. Like, I, I, th- I think the graphic novel term was coined specifically to get them in the hands of people who would otherwise not read comic books. Like, yes. it was legitimately engineered to say something other than comic book. But, but was but was it ultimately a weird sort of defensiveness on the yeah. part of the comic industry? Because we don't say graphic novel industry, you and I. We say no. comic industry. We are comic readers. Yeah. I, oh, no, absolutely. No, I don't, I don't know if it hurt, but it, it certainly is a reaction to the stigma. Uh, the Telphonics, so glad Elseworlds is back, but sad about sound missing Elmwood City. Yeah, it's a shame, but it's okay. I mean, like, there'll be more shows. Like ZapCon on September hey. 10th, which you should go and see. It's a very small con. It's <laughs> not like all the big cons. There's just comic books that are cheap and a bunch of independent artists and us. <laughs> Rayfar uh, got one local comic shop near me, and they utilize that lack of competition. Every single thing on their shelves is marked up by at least 30%. Ooh. Poor service, high prices. <laughs> dude that's the problem right like that is a major problem hell i remember uh there was one comic book store that like got into some hot water because they had like a sign on their on their wall that was like when you bring your books up to us we could change the price i remember that and i'm like get fucked yeah that got people really upset but there were some people who were like um that store deserves to be able to do that. And I'm like, so you own the store. That's you. <laughs> yeah, really? Come on. Uh, Benjamin Loudly. There's no easy access entry points for new readers or people who just want to keep up with what's going on. All the stories that are good are eventually underwritten by the con- by the constant revolving door of creators. Solve those. I, I put this one on my thing, too, for different stigmas. And yes, there is something to be said. I hear that all the time, too. You know, there's no entry point and no ending point for comics because comics never end. People who love their manga, to bring it back to that, it's one person's creative vision, maybe two people's creative vision, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you read it until it's done and it's over with. Sometimes it takes a thousand issues. Sometimes the writer freaking dies unexpectedly without yeah. finishing it. Which again, maybe maybe there is a good reason why we keep a revolving door of creators because hey, it's like hey, I might not like this guy's take on Batman, but I'll definitely enjoy this artist and writer's take on Batman. I, I always bring it back to the idea of soap operas, and I know you and I have had this idea too, uh, Sal. Yeah. Soap operas don't end either, and yet moms and sisters and everyone else totally get involved in like East Enders and Coronation Street. Totally. Every week. Now, again, I imagine soap operas have their own stigma. It's like, oh, that's not a high art. That's bullshit, too. Oh, absolutely. Successful bullshit that's runs for like <laughs> lifetimes. Goddamn, my grandma watched Coronation Street for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It, it's it's true. Like there is there's something to be said for like trash that sells or yeah. or, or or living in like embracing what you are. And I don't know if I necessarily agree that comics need to do that because comic books is an art form. Like it, it just as television is, and I think that really soap operas are a byproduct of television. Yeah, and there's one aspect of it, whereas comics, like comics, is like having is like television serialized storytelling. Exactly, like the uh, radio play, like anything yeah. like that. But yeah, I, I have personally never seen it as a problem that comics don't end because, like, yeah, they don't end means there's always going to be something coming that you're probably going to enjoy. Like, hey, you don't like Fantastic Four now under Dan Slott? Well, hey, Ryan North is coming in now, and he's going to shake up everything, and maybe this will be the first Fantastic Four book you actually enjoy. Absolutely, which I'm going to pick up and uh, because of that. But, uh, or at least I'm going to give it a try. Uh, MNM, people have been saying that comics are dying for at least 30 years. Something can't be dying (laughs) that long. It's just 
on a consistent, pretty mediocre state. Comics have been dying since the 60s. Uh, yeah. like, legitimately, it's like people saying nobody wants to work anymore, and then you trace it back, and people have been saying it since the 1700s. Yeah. Like, comic books have been dying since Marvel was created. Mm. They're not dying. They are cha- Comics change, people change, interests change, but comics are forever, as are, like, as is any visual media. Yeah. Like, that's like saying that you know because people didn't go to the movies during the coronavirus that film is dying Mm. no uh max m put creators on the talk show circuit actual Mm. promotion on books or books needs to be done and building creator personalities on the public eye instead of just being content with your current audience i that's something i've been championing forever i mean like the problem is you need sympathetic talk show people exactly which they aren't always because comics are seen as niche and it's stigmatized where it's like look if this thing ain't up for awards if this ain't you know getting tv commercials anyway why the hell should i waste a segment of my own show talk exactly about? like just recently mark bernardin came on uh seth myers and he promoted his comic book yeah and uh i i very much remember that like the last time anybody made a big deal about it was when Kevin Smith went on the tonight show yeah. to promote Spider-Man black cat, the evil that men do uh, regardless of how you feel about any of those topics, Jay Leno, Kevin Smith, that book, the, 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 the fact that a Hollywood film director was writing a comic book and, and being an his- advocate for the industry. Yeah. That, that was huge. Did it save the comic industry? No. But if he if he if he had kept doing it, if if he had gotten Bendis on more, I mean, I know Bendis has been on the talk show circuit as well to promote yeah. some of those things. Um, what you do is you just you need sympathetic people from those places, and you also need like avenues through which to like to 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 access it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just say put him on the talk show circuit now. When Batman Damned was being made fun of on the talk show circuit. Mm. DC being a fucking media company really should have capitalized on really that. should have sent Jim Lee and Dan DiDio mm. out hell they owned Conan yeah they could have at least gone on the Conan show to promote Batman damned but if they had been on Conan maybe that would have gotten other people's interests hell they could have here's something interesting there was some shitty comedian from the early 2000s who uh wanted who was going to no it wasn't him it was uh, i think it was jerry seinfeld when he was it doesn't matter there was a point there's a comedian who was looking to get back onto the talk show circuit and uh they asked letterman and letterman said no and then they said okay well then we'll just go on the tonight show mm-hmm. and then letterman said yes and it's like if you just if you're like playing I'm, one against the other we're the guys who are making the batman penis book and we'd <laughs> like to come on the show and they say no it's like okay we'll take it for the, to this one or tell them like we're offering it to you but we're going here you know what's what's super funny about the conan thing too is conan regularly plays video games on his show or he did when it was a thing meaning that video games are less stigmatized than comic books they 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 straight up are they straight up are and why why because they weren't because i'm old enough to remember when video games were like there was a news report every effing week about how video games are the worst and destroying everything. Is Mortal like, Kombat driving children to kill? Probably. Yeah, with swords and spears? No. Uh, but here's the thing about that. Uh, money talks. That's it. The video game industry was too big and made too much money 
to ignore and to keep down. The comic book industry, I think, could keep a boot on its neck most of the time because they don't dabble in the billions. Yeah, that's exactly. it. Me- uh, meanwhile, we'll Grand Theft Auto is the hottest media seller of anything. You know, movie, CD, DVD. When a new Grand Theft Auto comes out, it moves units. Yeah. Hell, it moves units and it's like a 10-year-old goddamn game. I know. They've kept re-releasing five over and over and I bought it at least twice. <laughs> Uh, Supreme Omega, give legacy characters their own ongoings again, because for Joel, I know you like Kamala, and it's weird she doesn't have an ongoing anymore, even with the show. Um, She's got a team-up book right now. Yeah, it's a different it's a different animal. Uh, what? Uh, shout out to All Yeah Comics, a store that's very new reader-friendly and has a passionate dude running the place. Uh, if you're talking about the one up in New York, yeah, it's it's very young. It, it skews very like young reader and new reader-friendly. It's a clean store. I, I we did a we did a show there, Ben and mm. I. Uh, go look for it. But yeah, that's a good store. Uh, but you know they're outliers nowadays. Hey, uh, y- Yellow Jackets in Victoria, BC, I quite enjoy because it's basically set up like a library, and the dude there wears a suit. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, dude yeah. wears a suit to work in his comic book store. And hey, new releases at the front. Uh, what is it? Uh, price down ones there, and just trade after trade in the back. That's awesome. Uh, Estiva Srivasata says, uh, here in India, since I don't live in a major city, I can't get even get current single issues, just trade paperbacks via Amazon, maybe easy access to foreign markets. Again, uh, you're, you're not wrong. And you're, you're just a little bit, uh, later than the other guy who mentioned like, yeah, foreign markets are an untapped resource. That they're they're going to have to have a reckoning with that. That's just one of those things that I think it requires. Like one of the big things I think needs to happen is that like the big two need people from Scholastic or Penguin Random House or like just book publishers yeah, book come in people like people with book, book ideas because right now like the people in charge of Marvel and DC the people who are like up there who are making decisions like these are these are people who manage IPs these are people who manage brands that you know like even hell like when Mar- when Marvel like fished itself out of the gutter through like Bill Jemison and and, and and company. These are business professional business people who are just mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll make a card game, you know. But like, they're publishers. These are book publishers. Yeah. If 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 people who knew how to sell books and make millions off of selling books were to have a look at how the comic book industry is run, first of all, they have a coronary. But yeah. hopefully, <laughs> they would apply. <laughs> I mean, honestly, all they need to do is hire book publishers to consult. Yeah. But uh, once book publishers, or if they were to bring book publishers in, they book publishers understand foreign markets and they know how to how to sell. Uh, Chitali Harel Morris, uh, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. Very loud opposition to any story not centered around white men. I hey, guess that's true. I mean, I like, mean, I mean, like we said there about the comic industry and the comic fandom being able to police itself. Yeah, that that doesn't make us look appealing. That does doesn't make help. us look nice. And it also right. maybe even leads into a bigger problem where there it's like, is the comic industry just continually preaching to the choir? Have they themselves decided their CEOs being mostly older white men that, well, the only people who read our book are young white men. So we need to, you know, direct comics to them solely, even though every time you get like a Miss Marvel or a squirrel girl or a moon girl and devil dinosaur they find surprising audiences because it's like oh yeah here's a whole audience you were never selling to absolutely no i think that selling to markets that otherwise have been ignored by it is a, a must do 
Mm. Uh, but you're right about self-policing, but that that's that's a bigger problem that I, I like. I don't that have I, a very good solution. I, I, I don't either. It's it's rough. It's a hard one. I mean, just my, my status quo is always just like, don't be an asshole. But some right. people don't follow that rule. And then, well, and like, don't tolerate assholery. Uh, also that. H. Dracon, I think MCU destigmatizes de- superheroes, not comic books. Interesting. Right. Very movies, interesting. Well, movies create superheroes. John McClane, Indiana Jones, uh, whoever Vin Diesel's character's name is in Fast and Furious. Like, those are all superheroes. Tom Toretto. <laughs> like, those are superheroes. They it's basically just, are. That's why, like, Hollywood will always make a Batman movie. They're like, oh, I know how to do that. James Bond is a superhero. He might yeah. not be a superhero I idealize or, or idolize, I should say. But, uh, you know, Hollywood has no problem selling you the idea of a Superman or a character who can... That's a power fantasy. Who doesn't love a good power fantasy? Exactly. The problem is that Hollywood isn't interested in selling another fucking industry. No, yeah, because that's not their job. They want to keep all the money for themselves. Yeah. The cyberpunk Aloha Salangel. Can we talk about Marvel and DC apps? DC Universe is usable at least. Marvel acquires two apps and Unlimited just gets less user-friendly with each update. It it sucks. It really does. And with Amazon fucking shit up the way they are. Again, you know what's not good for the comic industry? Making it so people have a hard time reading their comics because then they will move on to do other shit. If this wasn't my job, I probably would have considered moving on to do other shit. Absolutely. No, another big way to destigmatize comic books is removing the barrier barriers to entry That's if you made it not hard i mean like i can imagine model kit makers or model kit companies being in the exact same boat how do we destigmatize the idea of making of, of making models well maybe mm. may just 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 a thought but maybe having your models available in stores that aren't falling apart in strip malls on the side of a highway always where i go in and everything's covered in effing dust because no one's been there it's like so glue. sad <laughs> every single model but that being said they do sell them at like hobby lobby i don't want to promote hobby Lobby, but like you know mm. fucking michaels and you know like actual craft stores do sell them so like that's working and i'm and sure I mean, it sells better and i mean fucking bandai with their gundam models and everything else are more popular than they've ever been now exactly but the problem is niche stores that are like not user-friendly and making that the only place you can get them i mean shit man you know back god did when h&m was a place you know when people still bought cds and shit it warmed my heart to see they actually had a couple comic trades yeah they were the popular ones connected to the movies coming up but hey they exist and they're a place where someone can get them in a real store and then fucking that store went under because no one buys goddamn cds or dvds anymore well sure i mean like (laughs) that's gonna happen the Captain Coon in your book, in your big bookstores, sell some trades outside of the graphic novel section. Put some trades oh, that are for younger readers in the kids section. I like well, that. Sprinkle it out. Oh, yes. Interesting. Okay, yeah, you're like, on to something. Right? Because you're still creating a barrier to entry by making them have to go over to another section. Uh, Nathan Chaffin, uh, first time commenter, long time listener. I personally mm. travel 20 minutes out of my way for my favorite local comic shop for great service and suggestions, even though there's a much closer store five minutes from my place. Oh, yeah. I mean, do, doing good business will get you good returns. Yeah, I would happily travel, you know, for yeah. the extra mile just, you know, support a good store. Absolutely. Thank you for commenting. Welcome to the show. And hey. thanks for being here for so long. Uh, Kevbot, I recently went back to my local store, asked if they had an issue, and he said no, but I'd want future issues issues uh i'd have to pre-order a specific number of issues which would be around 20 to 30 bucks a great way to scare newcomers i've never heard of that in my life that's that's something that your store is doing wrong like if i wanted a book from any of my local comic book stores and i said i want this book they just put it in my bag yeah end of story that's how it works 
that comic book store is probably having a hard time. Like, honestly, yeah. the reason why most of these stores make these kinds of boneheaded decisions or seemingly boneheaded decisions is because they're underwater. Yeah. Because no one's actually gotten rich with a comic book store in forever. Hell no, unless there's buried treasure beneath it. But uh, yeah, it's 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 the it, that it's a shame. I wouldn't, but I'd be like, okay, bye, and just get it someplace else because like that's that's commerce. Uh, Dante Cook. Five years ago, when I went to my local comic book store, the owner was so nice and knowledgeable, and the store was clean and organized. Today, if I step into a comic book store that's disorganized and the owner can't help me, I leave. Yeah, I mean, like, right? That's yeah. what you do. That's 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 being a smart consumer. Yeah. Yeah, a savvy consumer. Ray Farr, during this very live stream, I got one of my orders from in-stock trades. Packaging hey. and prices were great. Had to wait a while. Pick up a, pick up the Slack local comic book store. Nice. I agree, man. The in-stock trades, i tell you this. I've, I've crapped on them before because they take goddamn forever. But the last time I ordered from them, which was only a few weeks ago, within a week, I got my order. And I, uh, like it was faster. It was quicker. But like they used injected foam. So nice. like, they put the books in. It it fills oh, in so it, it's it's vacuum sealed to the to the to the amount of books you have so oh, like, like it won't, it's not going anywhere it's incredible packaging i i used to really sing the praises of book depository back when that was a thing because yeah. you know they serviced canada and europe and everywhere else i think they're in stock trades like number one competitor or they were i had a falling out with them due to nothing they did but okay. only because they fucked up paying me because i had an affiliate link and they're like, oh, oh we're changing the rules of the affiliate thing. And so, you know, this, that, and like, actually, you got to start paying us. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck you. I'm never coming back. Yeah, no, I would just work with InSock Trades from now on. Yeah, maybe I should actually, because like I'm doing the Amazon link thing now. And I don't think I actually make any money off Amazon. You do not link. make any money off the Amazon link. You get uh, you get Amazon points. Oh, OK. Is that, is that where that's been going? Yep, it's, <laughs> it's going to Amazon credit. Uh, well, shit. maybe I should work with in stock trades Then I'll have to refilm all my uh, ending bumpers. I know. I know. H Dragon, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all once a great film. Sure I was. Can't argue with that. Fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, let's talk more about like destigmatization, like some other methods we could do it. Let's rapid fire a couple of these. Sure. Uh, sure, sure. Any thoughts about like, because I have one thought and it's it, it, it plays to the idea of the award circuit and the like association situation. Right. Where um, I was, I had an interesting uh, phenomenon. I won't name names, uh, but when I was at San Diego Comic Con, I'm talking to people who are dealing in the comic book art trade. Now, if yes. you are, uh, if you have ever bought comic book art at a Comic Con, you usually go to like the same two guys, and they have these huge swaths of bins filled with binders filled with comic book art, just art drawn yeah. of comic books, and they're just there, and they're usually like you know ridiculous sums of money like a couple hundred to a couple thousand to tens right. of thousands of dollars uh <laughs> and but it's like it's just sitting there you can just grab them ah this is andy cooper page look at that blah, blah. you know look at this mark bagley page i can just, ha- just manhandle um but uh there's an interesting phenomenon that i noticed about the about the art about the comic book art trade and i won't get into it too specifically but i will mention that like there is uh there, there was a particular person who was kind of disrupting the art trade mm. uh through uh an interesting situation I, uh, maybe i won't even get into that specifically because i don't want to i don't want to put anybody on blast but i will say that uh this person who was interested in comic book art because they're a comic book fan and right. they have the disposable income to buy comic book art they had these like pages in their house, right? Mm. And just these gorgeous comic book pages or comic book covers in their home. And they had some friends over or business associates who have money like they did. Mm. And they're looking at these uh, pages and they're like, explain this to me because I am 
I, I'm a businessman, not a comic book person. Right. He says, oh, these are my investments. I've invested in these pages. In the, why in these, why in that these. sounds like speculation is what that sounds like. Exactly. But he's like, I invested in these pages. And they're like, why would you do that? Like, why would you invest in this versus futures or stocks, stocks or and like bonds? And it's like, I do that too. He's like, but I also invest in these. And he's like, but why these? And he's like, well, the main reason is because I like comic books and I can, and every time that I get up in the morning, I can look at my investments. Mm. I can look at them and I can enjoy them. But when I'm ready to cash in, I just sell them. Mm. And maybe I'll buy another one, but maybe more likely it's just that that goes to the, to the next buyer, you know? And they, that is to say, their mutual business friends, their investor friends were like intrigued <laughs> by that concept. And I'm like, that is one big quiet way to destigmatize comics it's by making them valuable right to the arbiters of the culture right by which making... no comic has been valuable since like friggin uh what is it kirkman's walking dead number one because no well, one else's was... first appearance but like even then there we're not talking like millions of dollars but like making comic books valuable again and i don't mean and, and maybe through the speculators market because i have not seen anyone talk about comic books on the news no. since the speculator boom of the 90s was that good for the comic industry no no was it good for the culture <clears throat> my parents who hate comic books took me to the comic book store because they believed that there was some inherent value in them. I mean, shit, man, it can definitely happen again because it happened to fucking Pokemon cards again because one of the Pauls, I don't freaking know which one, came out with a, with a first edition Charizard around his neck and like, man, if, you know, they got another famous person to come out with like, I don't know, a Wolverine a Hulk, that big one around his neck. Right? But if like, it becomes bling, you know, if it becomes, you know. Yeah, but my, 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 old, my old point is, infusing real dollars into the comic book aftermarket it getting investors interested now that will ruin the comic book art buying scene because oh, right yeah. now comic book art buyers enjoy their experience because they're fans but also like i've seen it done where they don't buy it with money they buy it with bar they, they do the barter system i've got mm. this page it's worth this much that page is worth this much we'll trade pages and that's true like, for fine art all over the place people absolutely. are always trader it's, it's also a great place to hide your dirty money too because of that <laughs> well I, I and i wonder if the comic book if comic book art dealers are doing that but i, I i'm not here to speculate on that my point being it's disrupt. This investor was disrupting that process because they're like, "Oh, is that page worth twenty thousand dollars? Here's twenty thousand dollars." <laughs> and and the other person's like, uh, "But I have a page that's worth twenty thousand dollars." He's like, "Who says that?" <laughs> well, I just gave you real money, and the seller is going to be like, "Well, I'll take the real money versus the theoretical money yeah. over here." I guess it's worth what I say it is. Man, the fine art world—that's a whole other thing, right? Too. But the, the fine art. Just the name alone, fine art. That gives it this gravitas. It's, it's, it's fine art. No, I have a Picasso on my wall. Well, who's to say that that Picasso is inherently more valuable than, oh, I don't know, the first cover of Dark Knight Returns, which sold for $2 million. Again, I'm not reading comics. I'm enjoying culture and the arts. Bingo. Or who's to say I don't enjoy reading comics? You know what? I enjoy culture and fine arts. You know, I've read that. You know, I read that fucking thing. That's actually pretty good. That's a pretty good story. Yeah, you That's know, I think I would. Story. I think I would like to own this. Right? 
infusing real money in the comic book industry either and, and even if it's through the back end through like the yeah. dealers or through the speculators market i think that is a way a, a shortcut through the destigmatization it isn't it isn't grassroots boots on the ground getting your nails dirty let's change the system this is rich powerful people going actually this is valuable just, yes just and that's that's how most things are valuable and i mean you know america Why is this diamond valuable but this ruby isn't because i said it interesting is. looking and i mean hey you know that's just you know north american culture in a nutshell here it has value you know rich people are interested in it which must mean it's good because you know we conflate wealth and goodness so. bingo that's right that's right rich people saying that something has value or rich people giving it value is the same thing as it having value. I mean, shit, I think you're onto something here. No, I think that's fucked up and terrible. Definitely. <laughs> but if we can, but it, here's the thing, the sun will come up. The moon will come, like the, 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 you know, the winds will blow. Th those things are all true and will happen anyway. Why don't we also help the comic book industry? While we're at it. Yeah. That? While we're at it. If these fuckers are going to, are going to decide that like, 3d curved tvs are coming back yeah. <laughs> we might as well also use them to help make comic books worth something like, i mean shit man even warhol knew that back in the day you know pop art man recognizable images campbell soup and superman man seriously that's all it takes but can you imagine like i mean look at uh you know the everyone knows the story about picasso sitting in a bar he drew a little thing on a napkin mm. that thing's worth a bazillion dollars but, like you imagine like you know mitch garrett's or daniel warren johnson or any of the fine art people of today in the comic industry just like at, at a at a you know at an applebee's and somebody comes up to them like some fucking really like rich hoity toity person who's like yeah. who's whose friend invested in some other thing goes like can you draw batman a napkin for me like you yeah. know yeah just, sure but it, it changes their world too it makes their value go up it makes the big two have to pay more it it to makes keep everyone them superstar artists now yeah it keeps everyone it, it keeps everyone paid and fed especially if more money's being infused in it anyway hell you're talking about investors who are investing in comic book art well you know maybe i'll just buy a whole bunch of stock in marvel Com. hell maybe i'll invest in the company itself maybe i'll yeah. maybe i'll start like you know well what's the best what's the new big thing like image well maybe i'll just invest in like a new creator and they'll make their own book you know like the, the, the one percenters money is you know unending and uh and, and has always been good for the arts even back to the days like picasso where they would have like uh, they would have patrons they would have ultra rich patrons yeah. to, be like, to be like yes how how was how, how that helicopter coming along that right? you're making it's pretty great huh man none of my other rich friends have a helicopter right or, or just look at like every time you go into a museum and it's like well this wing was donated by this hoity-toity son of a bitch yeah you know this this bench has their name on it or this this whole fucking building is named after so-and-so who just happened to want to be immortalized by having funded their name it, on the building. Funded it with some money he found in his tuxedo pants. Right, exactly. Uh, player 93 says, you two do so much for the medium. Thank you. Oh, Thank you very wow. much. I'm sorry we I got your name wrong. It's <laughs> very kind of you to say, and I still butchered your name. Uh, Hog said, start with keeping critically acclaimed trades in print and some not so acclaimed too, mm. instead of only doing rush reprints when movies or shows come out. I wish they would just do the rush reprints from when, when trades come or when from movies come out. They don't do that either. I know they don't even. Do, again, this is how backward this industry is sometimes. Yeah. Uh, the cyberpunk every year i tweet at the hugo and nebula awards asking why there aren't any comic books because it's mind-blowing that there aren't here's the reason why because because the because the publishers aren't 
paying to get them in because that's, that's how awards work you gotta grease wheels you gotta kick down doors you gotta be netflix about it yeah you gotta be netflix you gotta you know you gotta do these like these these tried and true tactics that we have a blueprint for uh ray far uh, any issue another issue against comics is that the companies that own comics view them as ip farms and not as storytellers and artists disney warner bros don't care it's true they don't uh but they do appreciate that there are like they recognize that they need to still produce books they need to keep it going or else their ip farm dries up so they at least have an invested interest in that yeah and remember uh they, they are not ip farms because farms are nurtured and cultivated they have water <laughs> and, and animals meant to feed them these are ip uh mines <laughs> mines they they use heavy equipment they drill they destroy they explode and then they leave no they're ip mines we uh, lose a man a mile yeah, rishi venkatesh dc are on their fourth webtoon and i'm enjoying them that's a great idea great move that's yeah. a solid move no Marvel should have done that. DC should have done that years ago. Totally. Back, uh, you know, when there was that uh, that, that Little League uh, JL8 book. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like they should have just gotten him in and made made, made that the, uh, a thing. Instead, you know, well, that didn't work out. But still. No, it didn't. Uh, the Telphonics, we will be at Zap. Well, we'll see you there. Man. Um, let's see. We're just going to plow through here. Amazing Andy, it's me. <laughs> but I feel like a problem is the status quo. Uh, it's nice to have familiarity, but it does leave stagnation. It's why I like manga, because it's self-contained, and why I don't feel intimidated. Honestly, I think that's just, like, good for con- good for manga, but at the same time, like, the comic book industry, you know, the big, you're talking about big two superhero capes and tights comic books, mm. and those stories are always going to be cyclical. Do, are they making their own problems? Like, are they causing their own issues by having them be recycled too quickly and throw out the status quo with the new creator? New crisis every five to eight new years. New crisis every five to ten years. Like, it, 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 they, are, they are guilty. Um, but I think that uh, if, if the publishers behaved like book publishers, just alone, they, they, we wouldn't be having this conversation. The manga thing is just like, oh, yeah, volume one through. It's just easier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dex Baker, it's insane how embarrassing DC and Marvel's YouTube channels are. I had one friend I could talk to when I started reading comics and when I went to YouTube to learn about current comic events. The reason why Rob Comics Explained exists is because when he created Marvel Explained, mm-hmm. he tagged it Marvel Comics and the Marvel YouTube channel didn't. Ha! I didn't know That's that. It. That was it. It was just they didn't they didn't use the tag for Marvel Comics. When people were searching for Marvel Comics, they found him first. Damn. Marvel just didn't care. Uh, Supreme Christ. Omega. But the problem with never ending stories is that growth gets undone and changes like death get reversed. Look at poor 616 Spider for the past 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like that again, that's a problem. That is why you're losing interest in comics, but it's not why the comic book industry is dying, and it's also certainly not how they destigmatize comics. It's, it's also something that's just like quintessential to the genre, where it's like, yeah, Batman will push his family away, then bring them back together, then yep. push them away again. He'll right. keep doing it. His life is cyclical, and sometimes you'll get a story that even comments on the cyclical nature of it. Absolutely. No, I mean, yeah, is it cyclical? Is it boring? Sure, but that's up to you. Like, that's your decision. It's it's really up to you as to like when you're ready to get off the ride or when I, you're ready to like move to the next like thing. 
the next yeah because you don't always have to read batman is the thing someone brought something up they weren't talking about comics they were talking about something else but i thought it was very you know eloquently put where it's like you know are are we reading comics out of habit and out of ritual or are we reading them because we actually like them because there is no like get off point there is well there are get off points but there is no like end yeah there is no end there's no there's no lot and well that's by design because they know they're like we don't want you to find a, lo- a natural place to stop reading comic books, which is smart. Because you will. And, yeah. and honestly, in my mind, there's like something almost like a little beautiful about that, that Superman has existed for 80 years long before I was born and will exist yeah. long after I have died. Exactly. Uh, the cyberpunk Colbert is famously a huge nerd. It's shocking mm. to me that they aren't creators on his show at least once or twice per year to promote comics. The more I like watch or see Colbert, the less I like him. Uh, he's a terrible interviewer and he's really like narcissistic and I have no patience for his bullshit. I don't want him. I, I, I don't think he would be a good, I don't think he would do a good job. I like his clips. Ironically, he's given more time for like Lord of the Rings and Dungeons and Dragons stuff. That's true, but you'll never see the critical role guys on Colbert. No, I guess not. Which I think would help Colbert. Though he will do their show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike Manhattan. Every time someone brings up those talking points with manga versus comics, I was reminded that Image Comics and Dark Horse have existed for 30 years. Exactly. Yeah. There, 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 is ex- there are examples of... Actually, you can read self-contained stories that are much shorter than some manga runs. Yeah. That are, that are clearly uh, you know labeled and easy to read. Uh, Panda, to go, Panda go crazy. Comic Papa always gets paid. <laughs> I, I changed our name on TikTok to Comic Papa well before Pizza Papa ever existed. So yes, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your recommending the Terrifics. Found issues one to twenty six for cheap. Honestly, somebody sent me all of the Terrifics, so I'm I got it all, baby. Uh, I don't have all of it. I don't think the Telphonics Monster Box Emporium in Portland, Maine, is pretty good. I like that name. I'm sure they appreciate the uh, the, the shout. The Milkman. The entryway for a lot of people is blocked by stigmas. Wrestling, com- wrestling, comic books, anime, mm. manga outside of the shogun or the shonen genre, despite being successful. I. I, I and hey, you yes. know what? I got into wrestling just like I did in comics. I just started watching just one start watching. day. Yeah, that's really all it is. It was after a pay-per-view. It's like, ah, this Seth Rollins guy seems kind of interesting. Everyone seems to hate him. I wonder why. Right, right. Uh, Tosif Hossein, uh, pick up random comics from dollar bins is more geared towards an older audience that used to have no control over TV schedule. Mm -hmm. People in the age of streaming content are afraid of not having content. Yes. Um, Yeah, no. Uh, The fact is, like, you, you, yes, that's true. But, like, that's like saying that in the 80s, all kids had was to play stickball and like Nintendo, you know, it was like kids had a lot of shit to do. And- I mean, and also too, in like the age of TikTok, like even I'll be scrum like, Oh, is that a clip from a show? Oh, I've never seen that one before. Huh? That looks fun. Absolutely. No, or I even I, just I have, a sound from a show. Yeah, I have legitimately been like earwormed into watching something from another place. Thanks yeah. to TikTok's like bullshit algorithm. But I also think like, no, get, Watch what happens, like especially because like if you're, I'm not talking about giving comic books to 14 year olds. We're gonna be like, fuck this. Yeah, we're already too mid. Cool. No, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah saying, mid exactly. Reading mid. Sus, uh, bro. Pretty sus. Yeah, pretty sus. Kind of cringe. Reading <laughs> with my with my eyes. Pass. No, I'm I'm saying give them to six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven year olds. Hmm. That's when I started reading comics, and I'm not saying that like. It will work every time, but if you if you dismiss a process that has been proven to work because of outliers or your own uh, uh, hangups, mm. then you're contributing to the stigma of comic books. Uh, 
Devil Ham, hot take. Parent companies make so much more money from the IP than they should accept the contemporary, the, the comparatively low comic sales themselves as simply the cost of doing business. They are the goose that lays the golden egg. Mm. That's right. That's why, like, when they, when when there was, like, a question about uh, AT&T and Warners, and they were like, well, they're going to close DC? No. it That's not the problem. It It's the it's the analogy I always use. Uh, there's a couple. My mom, one time, she was she was in a grocery store. She was, she was a young couple who were broke. Mm. And they're looking at a bushel of bananas and they're talking to each other about whether they should buy them. Like they're <laughs> mulling over the cost of the bananas. And my mom wanted to go up to them and go, just buy the bananas. <laughs> like the problem isn't the bananas. Yeah. The problem is like your cell phone bill, your cable bill, the, 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 the overspending you're doing personally. Mm. And they're like eating out to dinner. Like the problem isn't the bananas. The problem is, all of this other stuff, which is which outsells the bananas by a country mile. Mm. If the bananas are a buck and a half, eat the bananas. At least you're getting potassium. Yeah, you're going to need that. When it comes to this, you're not going to close DC Comics, which makes, which contributes to the one billion dollars a year the comic book industry pulls in. Yeah, contributes to. It's not like DC makes a billion a year. No, DC contributes to the overall billion that all comic books make a year. So let's say that DC contributes to like let's let's say it makes fifty million dollars a year, right? Or a hundred million dollars a year. I don't think that's true at all. I just have, no. it's a made up number. I don't want to hear it in the comments. Oh, how could he say that? It's a made up fucking number. Grow up. But like, let's We're say being DC hypothetical. Makes, yeah, DC makes fifty million dollars, hundred million dollars a year. That ain't enough. That ain't enough to like save AT and T. You know, that is not enough to save Warner Brothers. Okay, so they're not gonna cancel it. That's money coming in. And less that's money that's money that is that's less going out, more coming in. That's that's not a problem. The problem yeah. is the bigger spending I'm making. Uh Captain Kuhn, the big the two big theater chains in my city have a little stands in the lines to concession areas that will sell things like action figures. Why not have some trades related to the newest comic book movies? It's a brilliant idea. Uh, the fact they have action figures means they have the power to put comic books in them. And are Why don't you not ask to? them? Like, honestly, I'm not saying it's your responsibility. But when you look around, you see that the only person who knows how to do the right thing is you. Then I guess that's <laughs> up to you. Ask the manager. Go, hey, you know, I noticed that you guys have, um, like, sell action figures. Who's your distributor? Like, who do you work with? Like, could, maybe you could get some comic book trades in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Busain or Busan says, shout out to the comic book store in Glassboro, New Jersey. Constantly, uh, the comic store in Glassboro, New Jersey. Constantly new stocks, trades, as well as issues and charges the main and changes the main wall based on what's announced. Real smart since they're on a campus with a revolving door of young people. Ooh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comic book stores on college campuses is a brilliant idea. Sure is. Uh, Metalcore 452, the stigma against comics needs to go away. A fan of both mediums, but in my opinion, series such as My Hero, Jujitsu, Kaizen, One Piece, etc. are telling more emotionally engaging stories, though I treasure my comics. Uh, that is entirely subjective, and it's up yeah. to the eye of the beholder. I guarantee you that... Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia, and One Piece uh, aren't near uh, are are in no way more emotionally engaging than Supergirl Woman Tomorrow or even Beta Ray Bill. Uh, also, I would say at least one of those series wouldn't exist if it wasn't you know aping off traditional American superheroes. Exactly. Ray Far, Comic Pop, and other channels are a huge help to the industry. Somebody describing a book or explaining why it's art worth picking up is important piece. Thanks, Ray. I, uh, we're trying. I, I didn't get into this to do that. You know. I got into this to talk about comics with my friends and have fun. Mm. 
but like I did slowly notice that like people are listening and people are talking about them. I'm hearing a lot of like misinformation or or, uh-huh. or just misunderstandings. Yeah. And just just in the process of explaining it or re-explaining it or 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 or, or helping to break it down, it's like okay. If, if we if we're the ones to do it, I'm happy to do it. I don't think we're big enough to like reach that level, but like I do think that every little bit helps. And you know, every if you save one person, you save every person. So if we get one person to like think that comics are art or to recognize it, you know, like I I literally I don't like the term influencer. I think it's a gross term. I think mm. it's in and it was engineered by the entertainment industry that has yeah. no regard for it. I prefer like, I think, tastemaker. <laughs> tastemaker, I like that. Uh, but uh, I used it on like tiktok and instagram and everywhere else i was like well if you're gonna call me an influencer then i'm gonna influence you to go pick up supergirl woman tomorrow on beta ray bill like those are great books and you know not, not for nothing but like they're they were shortchanged a mini series six issues beta ray bill five a maxi series of 12 issue supergirl eight clearly the publisher was like well we want to keep tom king and d-dubs happy but uh i'm not gonna invest because clearly no one's gonna buy supergirl now we didn't promote it and we didn't do anything to get people to buy it but i'm sure no one will buy it well that's just a self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it yeah which the comic industry loves to do so like hey buy them and tell them why (laughs) uh andrew torres uh put comics on disney plus supplement the new shows it's not a bad idea i mean i've seen it happen on dc universe app i mean if they can implement all the fox stuff they already own then yeah put some comics in there too why don't you i already have it on my phone or my tablet seriously at this point why not cost the costs are minimal compared hey, to hey did you like that episode of she hulk do you not like that you gotta wait another week for the next one well here's oh. all of dan slots <laughs> right it's yeah 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 to tide you over until we get there yeah exactly uh so yeah the destigmatization of comics requires cultural shifts which are from both fans and the industry yeah from from both sides uh, but it requires cultural shifts that are not easy and that are difficult and like and cost painful. money is the other thing <laughs> and some cost money exactly most of it all of it costs money uh, but it starts with you the change starts with you and I'm not saying that like your it's your fault I'm saying that the change starts with you if you want to see the comic industry change be the change you want to see do your best to uh, make comics a, a, an open an open place for everybody if you if yeah. you see somebody who you think might be interested be like hey you know and don't don't overpush it you know just be like hey listen you seem like the kind of person who might dig this and just give them a book or or make it available to them like what I did uh, and it's just I, I know I'm on a supergirl kick but like I over ordered I ordered supergirl from Amazon twice and mm. one from in stock trades and we made and we gave them to people we know who don't read comic books it's it's the only way it's going to happen yeah. and it's why i'm like comic book stores like give uh you know give uh give 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 books away for practically nothing Go, books yeah. that are worth nothing that will that are clogging up your space yeah you're just gonna you know make more space which is what you need to uh to quote one of our favorite works there sal uh you might not be able to change the world but you can make a dent make a dent <laughs> <laughs> kyle carter my copy of supergirls waiting at my comic book store thanks to comic pop and tiffany's amazing telling of the story thank you very much kyle uh i'm, I'm glad that's working that's that's the most important thing for me for back issues to not be like a, a way in which people get free comics, but rather yeah, same able to like learn how the comic book uh, is. And uh, I, I'm, I'm most heartened by uh, people who say that, like, I'm just looking at the camera in my backyard. Uh, I was like, is there a bear? No, because <laughs> uh, we had a bear. But like, <laughs> if there was a bear, then this just became the best episode ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a bear. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, you know, th- th- that's where we are. Uh, 
I, but I want the show to, uh, oh, the, the best comments I get are like, I had to pause or add this to my watch later list so I can go buy the book. And I'm like, yes! Likewise, That's same why here. every book, even if we hate the book, is available for, for purchase so that you can get Likewise, it same with me. sell books. Like, it's gotta, it's gotta go. Yeah, um, knowing that I was able to, you know, uh, what does he know, be a good advocate for the industry and a tastemaker and get someone to pick up something that they may not have known about or yeah. might not have even, you know, considered until they watched one of my videos. It's the greatest feeling in the world. And it's even better when, you know, writers realize that I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not just, you know, whistling into the goddamn void over here. People are recognizing what we're doing. Absolutely. I don't even care necessarily about getting recognition, but I do care about like at least knowing that it's working or that we're, yeah. that we're making a dent. Uh, Max M says, honestly, I could see a potential in marketing where companies just hire popular artists to do a cover and post it on their social medias. I mean, I, I think people do that now. Um, Joel, are there any comic book stores in your area that you'd like to promote that don't contribute to the issues that we were talking about? Because I think I don't want to send a message that says the comic book stores are the problem. I do want people to go to them and I want to normalize them. And I'd especially like to normalize stores that are great. I mean, not really. Again, I talked about Yellow Jackets in Victoria, BC. I don't live there. I wish that was my comic book store because so, I would enough. go there all the time. There's there's gray gargoyle around here, but they're really more of a game store with like a small comic thing. That's that's the big problem here where it's like all my local comic stores aren't comic stores first and foremost. There are other things with a side of comics. I hear you. I hear you. There are a few comic book stores that I really, really enjoy that I'm happy about. There's Dewey's Comic City in Madison, New Jersey. They're also located in the Joe Kubert School. If you were nice. at the uh, big Joe Kubert Comic Pop event, I would love to do that again. If you would like to see that too, let us know in the comments down below. Uh, there's also, of course, Zap Comics in Wayne, New Jersey. I love Zap Comics. They have a con coming up that we're going to be exhibiting at in, uh, on September 10th. Come see it. Where Our, our panel is 1135 a.m., uh, I also wanted to point out another store called Eastside Mags in Montclair, New Jersey. I really like that store. I just like that store. It's a good store. Small. Parking's a little bit of an issue, but they're great. Mm. And also Comic Fortress in Somerville, New Jersey. Uh, check them out as well. Uh, there's more. There's so many more. But uh, those are a few. A couple, couple that, I, that I hit. That all, those are my greatest hits when it comes to comic book stores. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up today? There, I'm sure that there are more ways that we can help to make the comic book industry uh, thrive. But honestly, the stigma, the the cultural, mm -hmm. like the cultural barrier is the first one to break because it's the greatest one. It's the thickest yeah. one. Absolutely. And, you know, and this is an evolving topic, too. I'm sure we will revisit this many times over in the future. But, yeah, I think no we, we we hit all the bullet points that I wanted to hit. So I'm pretty oh, good. Uh, OK, pretty comfortable with it. Excellent. Uh, comic dog. Carolyn John's comic in uh, Cleveland, Ohio is amazing. Well, I'll hey. check it out the next time in Cleveland, which will probably be never. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad you Cleveland rocks. Shout them out. <laughs> <laughs> but Cleveland rocks, according to the Drew Carey show. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Of course, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our channel and leave a comment down below. And we'll see you guys next time with another episode of Elsewhere exchange of course remember this show is every other week so next week there will be no episode of elseworlds but of course on monday there will be an episode of off the rack if you want more joel go click the link in the description box below, down below and don't forget to subscribe to this channel and also joel's channel as well and uh, we'll see you guys on another episode of the elseworlds exchange i'm sal i'm joel so long everybody <laughs>